Welcome to Mums on Cloud9. I'm Heather Black, a champion for women in tech and founder of Supermums, a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. My podcast aims to inspire and support mums to develop a flexible, well-paid, successful career in the tech sector. On the show, we share top tips, insight and inspirational stories from women working in the sector, as well as also talking to employers who champion diversity and gender equality. I'm absolutely delighted to host the first show of Mums on Cloud9. It's absolutely fantastic to be here and to be sharing these top tips with you. Now, I started out um, in the Salesforce space back in 2010. And at the time, I didn't know it was going to be a future career of mine. Um, I started working on the platform whilst I was managing a nonprofit and fell in love with building and managing a process using Salesforce technology. And that really did change my life. And I suppose when I was going to get married and we were going to have kids, I thought, okay, I need to shift my pattern of how I work and realized that Salesforce could potentially offer me a more flexible, well-paid career than I was doing at the time. And so I made that big decision um, which felt completely right because I was kind of besotted with Salesforce from what, how I was using it um, to take the leap into having a Salesforce career. Had never done anything really with tech before, um, was completely sort of slightly scared by the whole prospect, but um, really believed in the knowledge and talent that I had and I'd learnt and wanted to create that life that I would love. Um, going forward and being able to balance having a husband and a family um, and also we wanted to move out of the city we wanted to move two hours out and be by the sea because my husband very much enjoyed being by the seaside it was part of the the deal if you like so I made that move I made that shift and took a leap of faith that um, we were going to move um, and I was going to establish a Salesforce career Now, what I'm going to focus on today is about having a life you love. But the reality is, you know, working in the Salesforce space certainly was the only thing that has enabled me to have a life that I love right now. It's a whole other bag of stuff that we need to manage and think about as a mum to truly be a mum on cloud nine. So starting out on the Salesforce journey, it was kind of like, okay, you know, I'm working with different clients. I'm helping them build their Salesforce solutions, their platforms where we revamp their business processes. I help them to rethink how they're working as a team, revamp their organizations. Um, And I would be juggling different clients. And that's absolutely fantastic. But what it meant was my life was not chaotic in a way, but I didn't necessarily know what I was doing on which day. I didn't have necessarily have a routine. Um, you know, my husband and I had had baby and that had thrown a complete curveball because we were suddenly redefining our responsibilities, negotiating who was doing what, when, how we were juggling things because he loves working as much as I do. And um, we really didn't have it down to a T to start with you know there was lots of arguments going around around you know who's doing what and I think the light bulb moment for me really happened when I realized actually you know my partner and I are a team you know it sounds it's obvious in some ways but actually it was when I went on to a change management course for work because I 
spent a week in London doing a course, which was obviously um, quite fraught. <laughs> I was out of the, the home for a week, but, um, you know, really enjoyed this course. But there was a theory that we learnt on there, which you may or may not be aware of. I certainly wasn't aware of it, but it really, as I say, had a bit of a light bulb moment for me. And it was called the Tuckman team model. And the Tuckman team model really explains about how when you're working as a team, I mean, we were thinking about the work environment, right? Not necessarily me and my husband at that point. But, um, you know, in a team-based environment, what you're doing is you're, you start off with forming. And forming is where you have almost like your job roles and responsibilities. You know, you write down how, what, who's going to do what and what you think. And, you know, in a work environment, you'd write that down. Not necessarily at home, but, you know, I go there to say it's probably equally important sometimes at home to do that. And so you start with forming. And then what you do is you progress into a norming and storming phase. And this is where you're effectively putting into practice the way that you anticipated working. And it will be working in the norming phase, maybe for a while. But then what happens is you go into storming where things aren't working quite as well as you want them to do. And you can flip back and forth between norming and storming because every time you kind of hit the storming, i.e. you have an argument, something isn't quite working in the way that you envisioned, you're questioning each other's responsibilities. Um, you need to have a further discussion, renegotiate what the, the team roles and responsibilities are, and then result back into norming. Now, when you've got that balance, um, and then you start working towards, hopefully, the performing state, and that's where things then start happening naturally, and actually what you're doing is adding another level of performance onto that. Um, and I came home from that course, and I went out to the pub for a date night, which was obviously very rare, what we had when we had a newborn but maybe once a month um, I sat down and I explained this model to him and I think what was nice is that it took out the emotion out of the negotiation <laughs> if you like I feel like it's always negotiation between who's doing what um, but it was able to look at black and white in the way that you would at work say okay we've written down who you know what we're doing we know that it's not always going to be perfect and it's okay to argue it's okay to be in this storming phase but what we've got to do is renegotiate and get back to a norming phase and then work through to performing and I think it just really helped diffuse the the emotion in in our conversations and I also explain this model now to team members when they join my team because I say to them look you're going to go through a journey of fitting in with a new team here like you know we're going to set out with all intentions of what we anticipate and then we're going to move into this norming and storming phase where actually you'll be performing this role but then you might have questions or queries or be frustrated about something in which case it's okay because that is normal and I think it's just that idea of it's normal to not be happy potentially because maybe you're questioning something or challenging something or you know need clarity on something and that's okay to ask. So I think the first thing I'd just love to share with you is this Tuckman team model, that that is as applicable at home as it is in the workplace or any other teams that you might be part of. And that actually that's, you know, feeling perhaps not right, not having the right balance is okay, but it's what you choose to do about that is what is important. And that, you know, try to just think logically about it, revisit, have another conversation and then work towards the next stage of norming and, as I say, working towards performing. And some of the things that really shifted, um, that created a shift for me and my husband and, and 
I'd never really been a routine person, I suppose. I'd kind of ebb and flow. Like if a client needed me in London, I'd be like, right, you know, and each week we'd be a little bit like, oh, I've got to be in London on Monday and Tuesday this week. And then the next week we'd say, okay, I've got to be in London Wednesday this week. So things were constantly changing for us. And I can see, you know, we'd, we we lived like that because we wanted it, but then actually we realised that wasn't going to work. And I put in a very routine structure, which, you know, I was thinking, oh, if client's going to be happy about this, blah, blah, blah. But actually now for two, three years, it's, it's worked fine. You know, so now I, I go and travel into London Tuesday or Fridays. You know, they'll be the only days or it might, you know, it's shifted over time, but they're the days I'm in London. Yes, there is an exception, don't get me wrong. But having a set routine where you know your balance and who's doing what days massively helps with juggling responsibilities. And I think the other thing with juggling responsibilities is if you've got this routine and flexibility is create that routine in your diary every day also. Um, one of my coaches, uh, Kathleen Byers, um, she is going to be a guest on the podcast show as well. But one of the things she taught me is don't have a to-do list. Um, Actually schedule it straight into your diary and block out time in your diary during the week to work on stuff as opposed to being on phone calls or webinars all the time. Because if your diary is fully blocked out with things, you don't have time to work on stuff. So if you've got something that comes up that you need to do, stick it in your diary. So it's going to get done rather than have an overwhelming to-do list that never seems to get done. And one of the, the things that really helped me, um, I suppose, put in that routine and that structure, and I'm going to talk about boundaries in a moment, is I was always quite guarded in terms of, you know, I didn't want people to just stick stuff in my diary because if you just use Outlook, there's no way of really documenting on Outlook when or when you're not free or, you know, if you've got open space, you might want to keep that as open space um, to do the stuff that you want to do. So one of the other key amazing tools that I found that changed my life and has helped so many of my team members as well um, is we started using Calendly, which is a fantastic tool and that you can box out your availability. and that means that both my internal team members or external customers can book their own time in my diary in the time slots that I've made available for them. So I tend to pack meetings out on Mondays, Thursdays and Fridays, whereas Tuesdays and Wednesdays are reserved for either myself getting my head down and working through things that I need to do where I don't want meetings around me. Um, And also, you know, helping support delivery with some of my team. And I think the other kind of key aspect to this um, and blocking out that chunk is I'm also more of an introvert person. So I need that downtime. Like I get quite tired if I'm talking and engaging with people all day I can really feel it so by structuring your time um, and blocking out your time where you can allow for meetings versus not then it really helps you manage those boundaries too but also create that routine in your diary where you know you're available for meetings or you know you're going to be doing something else so Calendly has been a great asset and I think all you know our parents on our team who need to juggle things have found it great um and the other aspects around managing boundaries because i think i mean my team in its own right has you know we all work 
slightly different hours and days obviously we do have a certain level of consistency across working hours because we need to because we need to service and support our clients but i can't remember everybody's working days and hours um uh, it's impossible task quite frankly so we have that written down we have it somewhere that we can go to make sure that we're not necessarily pinging somebody or calling somebody when actually they're off um and we don't want them to think to pick up the phone if they're working so you know sharing those working patterns and being um considerate of that is really important i think collectively for you and, and any team that you're working with and that's also being conscious that you know whatsapp can you know use of whatsapp is happening at work and with clients as well so just support and manage that as well that people might not get back to you straight away because they may have the phone turned off because we want them to be present with their family so share those working patterns be mindful that people might not get back to you straight away and if you're one of the people you know if you want to share your working hours and remind people the other kind of great place to put it is also on your email footers so i encouraged all my team to put on their emails that supermum supports flexible working hours these are the hours that i work and that can go at the bottom of every email that goes out, but also on any autoresponder that goes out if people aren't working. And I think that's really important to share. And you know, occasionally I've heard comments where people are like, oh, well, people might think badly of us if we're not working nine till five. I think you know, that's crazy. Like, you know, there's so many parents out there that don't necessarily work nine to five. Like, let's be open and honest about this and it shouldn't be a bad thing. I think it's really important to share that and to manage boundaries rather than feel like you have to be constantly accessible or you need to constantly respond if somebody pings you. Um, and, I, you know, I'm, as a, a managing director or CEO of Supermums, um, I have a team of 30 overall. You know, I do feel a certain level of responsibility to support them if I need but what I've started to do you know which I have to maintain or else that affects my happiness is if I'm playing with the kids I just leave my phone in another room like I don't have it with me or incidentally the kids are playing on my phone (laughs) that's the other option that might get grabbed off me but um you know just not having the phone there helps because if it's there and I see it ping you can get too distracted with it you know so you're better turning it off or you're better having it in a place where you can't see it and you just have that point to be fully present and that's really important I think with your partner too because too many times you can be there and just pinging away and not necessarily decent conversations with your partner particularly if you need to discuss roles and responsibilities again but you know you want to you don't you want to have a conversation with your partner that isn't about, you know, managing the kids or who's doing what. You want to enjoy that time. So I think managing digital boundaries is something that everybody is feeling more conscious about right now um, because you can really get absorbed into it and, um, you know, forget connecting. And that really leads me on to, you know, how do you stay connected with people? And I think there is a certain element of laziness that, text messaging and whatsapp have sort of created like i get it it can be easy and quick and you can share things so it it definitely has a role but the thing that i really still enjoy particularly whilst working virtually and it makes me feel like i've got a good relationship with people is having telephone calls having video calls with people because you feel like you've got that connection i hate messenger 
I don't particularly like Slack either. Like, you know, I don't engage with those tools. And you've got to find the thing that works for you. I suppose that's the main point. But feeling inclusive and making people feel connected, as particularly when you're working in a virtual space versus also those that are in an office, because you've got a virtual and an office team that all need to feel connected, then you need to make an extra effort, is what I'd always say is, use video calls, make sure you can see the person um, and have those conversations and pick up the phone to people because people love to chat. And I think things can come across much better if you're having phone calls um, with people. You know, it's, it's too easy for things to be misconstrued because people are doing a quick text or a quick email to each other. It can come across wrong. Um, and so, you know, if you're sat at home and having a bad day, they could receive a text and that could really just you know, mess with their mood because they, they take it in completely the wrong way to perhaps where they mean it. Whereas if you have a telephone call, you could boost them, that you could have a chat, you could see how they're feeling, you know, and you can communicate what you need to. And actually that is where connection really happens. And I, I love that. And I, I much more prefer having those telephone calls with people and, and for them to just call me randomly, you know, throughout the day rather than have to book in a call with Calendly you know, I always encourage my team to say, well, book in with Calendly because that means we've got set times in the diary. But by all means, if something's going on or you need to catch up with me about something, then just drop me a call. And if I'm busy, I'll call you back in the break. Like uh, that's the way it works for me. Um, you know, and I like to have those discussions. And the other thing that's really worked for my team as well um, is having daily stand-ups. So they feel the opportunity to connect with each other every day, have a quick catch-up call in the morning, say hi, have their coffee, um, and, you know, then progress with the day, but at least they've covered anything off. So, you know, these are all great things to create a life you love. So, yes, you can pursue a career in the tech sector, um, as I did with with Salesforce. But the reality was that, you know, being a Salesforce consultant was absolutely something I enjoyed doing. I loved working, you know, working with the customers and helping them transform the way they work. Um, and now I love training people on a consultancy course through super mums you know i love all the work i do but honestly i would not be a mum on cloud nine without all of that other stuff that we've just talked through without having a routine without having a way to manage my diary around having a way to manage digital boundaries um you know i just would not have achieved that flexibility by having a job role in its own right it's all this other stuff that comes with it so I just really want to share that with you and hopefully you can take away some of those tips from this session today. You can start to apply them and think about them. And we will be continuing to share and dig into all of these other areas um, in the podcast show. Think about, just to reflect on you know, everything I've talked about, what will you prioritise right now? I just want you to think around you know, what are your pain points right now? And which of these aspects would help address those pain points and prioritize those? Because we can all access great advice. We can all think, oh, that sounds brilliant. And then do no action. What I'd like to encourage off the podcast is that you think about where are my pain points right now? If I was to take one thing from this podcast today, what would it be that would change my life for the better? What could I take away? So write everything down, listen to it again, think about what is a real pain point for you right now and deploy those techniques that we've shared today. And hopefully you'll take that one step 
closer to being a mum on cloud nine. So I look forward to sharing the next episode with you very soon. Um, We'll continue to share the top tips. Take care for now. See you soon. Bye.